This is Southern Tier Close-Up on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. For Close-Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station, views expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of this station, its staff, management, or news department. With that out of the way, Stacy Duncan, CEO of the Leadership Alliance. The agency. Hello, how are you? <laughs> Good, how are you? I am great. Always great to be with you, Kathy. Well, it seems that we finally got in spring under our belts. And last time I talked to you, I think the weather was still uh, questionable at best. And we were, uh, at one point, we were talking about this uh, strategy thing about workplace wellness and stuff. And you had a survey going on. Um, we're, we're through the survey phase on this, and you've got some numbers that have come in and kind of some interesting results. First of all, let's talk about what this collaborative recovery empowerment of the Southern Tier thing is. Yeah, absolutely, and it has been beautiful here, and, and we're enjoying this. I was just going to say, you know, we don't uh, we don't always get days like this, but when we do, boy, we get really, really gorgeous days, so we're excited about this Um so, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this survey. So the CREST, or the Collaborative Recovery Empowerment of the Southern Tier, is a collaboration with the Leadership Alliance, with Southern Tier 8 Regional Planning, um, with Broom Tiago Workforce, and a number of other regional partners. And the goal of the CREST initiative initially was to uh, start to educate businesses on the benefits of employing people who are in some level of recovery from a substance use disorder. We, we, and what we've learned through that process is we had to sort of peel back more layers to understand really on a, on a broader level what are people dealing with in their, you know, in their day-to-day lives and how is it impacting work? Because we've seen this disconnect between, you know, employers saying, I can't get people to work, I can't right. keep people to stay, right? And so we said there's... There's more going on, and and we gotta we have to understand that a little a little better, so that we can you know provide the right targeted resources and education and training um, as an organization. So we did a survey, a deep dive survey um, in December, and we ran it for two months, and we we got a really great response regionally. So we the, the most of uh, the responses did come from Broom. Uh, which we were thrilled to see, and then we did reach out to the Southern Tier 8 region, so about an eight-county region. And, you know, we, we just wanted to start to peel back the layers of, you know, what, what do you deal with as employers? How, does, how do workplace issues impact your productivity? Um, and so what we found, I thought the results were really telling, and we asked questions about, you know, what kind of resources do you have? How much do you deal with uh, absenteeism, and how does that impact productivity? Um, and what we found, and some of the key findings we had was that uh, at least 50% of the respondents had reported financial losses due to well-being concerns. So hmm. when somebody is not well and they can't be at work, you know, that's the impact uh, on businesses, uh, there are there is a direct financial impact to them. Uh, they rated productivity and financial losses uh, due to employee health concerns and health, you know, in the broadest sense, um, whether it's um, stressors physically, financially, emotionally, mentally. You know, there's a lot going on as we've seen in this post-COVID world. Right. Um, yeah. So it's. It, it was very telling uh, some of the things that we found as a result of this survey. Well, when you're talking about workplace wellness, 
Uh, there's a couple things that pop to mind. You mentioned the stressors because, I mean, we hear burnout a lot, especially now with the post, well, if you want to call it post-COVID, because, you know, previous week we talked to Mary McFadden from the health department about how this is just basically something that we are learning to live with in whatever degree it happens to be right. this week. But um, the the whole thing with lack of, of personnel puts more stress on the people that are there. So you've got that big burnout factor, but there's also the, the, the employers telling people that they don't want them to come in if they are actually sick with, even if it's the flu or a cold, let alone COVID. So you've got that stress too, where the employee feels, well, I've got to come in, but the employer's going, don't want you to come in, but there's nobody to work for me. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a roundabout, a round and around thing with, you know, what is the solution? Uh, was there anything that could be drawn conclusion wise from the survey or is this part of the ongoing process that we're doing now is just getting our heads wrapped around the numbers that came in from the survey? Yeah, I think, you know, Kathy, I think it's a little bit of, a little bit of both. You know, I think it's, um, you know, I think it, we, we tried, I think initially, um, and you're right, we're not really in a post-COVID world. We're sort of in a managing COVID world. Um, but I think initially, you know, we wanted to find that, you know, one or two things that were causing the issues with our workforce, right? If we could just pinpoint it on this one thing, then, We'd fix that problem, and, and what we're discovering is it's a multitude of things. Um, we had some of the respondents, they reported a pro- the average was at losing about 39% of their time. And these are, so you know, your leadership, your managerial staff, losing about 39% of their time to deal with employee health-related uh, issues that could be, you know, that could be fatigue, burnout, you know, a- you know sickness, things like that. And what we also discovered, and we, had, we, we you know, dove in and asked questions about, well, what, what kind of resources do you have available at your workplace? And, you know, I, as an employer, when I took the, the survey myself, I found, you know, it was very eye-opening for me. And, and so we've instituted some programs and, you know, some stronger employee assistance programs in our workplace as a result of this. Um, but what we found was that within the southern tier in Broome County, the workplaces were significantly less likely to have programs that can address those things like burnout, stress, um, you know, emo- you know, the fatigue things uh, that are causing workplace challenges. Um, so, you know, we did look at what was in place and then made some recommendations, um, which will be ongoing. And this is where we're at now: is how do we start to bring resources to workplaces so not only the employers feel supported, but those direct managerial, you know, staff, those direct supervisors. They have the support. One of the top things that came out of this and something we're going to be offering beginning in June is actually um, stress training for managers. You know, so much, you know, we think about, you know, who's the head of, a, of an organization, the CEO of a company, but we forget about that, that immediate direct supervisory person who is the one taking those calls, who's the one trying to figure out how to fill gaps in their workplace. Right. So one of the things we're going to start offering is, um, and we're working with a group called OWL's Occupational Wellness Learning Systems, which is a national group to deal with workplace wellness, to say, we want to support you and what you're trying to accomplish. So there's going to be a series of education and trainings that we can provide to our business community so that, you know, it's, it's really a holistic approach. So employees that come to their workplace feel supported, 
and and the people work you know the people that are really doing the day to day heavy lifting also feel supported um, in their workplace. When we were talking about support mechanisms, and one of the the things that this was you know from the get go that we were talking about uh, with addressing the shortage of workers in the workplaces, diving a little bit deeper into um, looking outside your norm for for employees like those who are in some sort of recovery for substance use disorder and things like that. The kind of that was kind of a pariah. You, 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 that, that was not the most desirable employee you were looking for. When you talk about having support services for employees, either current or future employees that are going through substance um, disorder recovery, you've got that stigma. Are, are the employees going to take advantage if those programs are placed in front of them in the workforce? Do they want to go to their supervisor and go, I want to take advantage of this and, you know, just come out right. there and say, I've got a problem? Yeah, no, I, you make, you know, I think you make a good point, And I think what we've discovered in this process um, is is that, you know, I think gone are the days where you can really separate, you know, work from non-work. You know, it, it's, it's, there maybe there was a time where, you know, you kind of came in, you did your job, you, ch- you know, you, you compartmentalize. I, I think it's harder for people to do that now. I think we're just, it's a changing world. And I think, you know, we have to recognize that, you know, as organizations, as businesses, as a community, you know, that we have to have that continuum of care really throughout throughout our day, right? You know, so, so work also has to be a place where people feel that they have resources, that they have, um, that they can be who they are, you know, in whatever they're dealing with and still be productive because, you know, I've found in what we've learned too with, you know, specifically with people in active recovery, meaningful employment is so critical to their success. So, mm-hmm. so people do want to have meaningful work, but they also want to be able to have resources that are going to help them um, manage, you know, what might be what, you know, the myriad of challenges that people are facing right now, too. So it doesn't have to be, you know, mutually exclusive. I think work can become a place where um, people feel as though they, they have support and resources as well. And that goes beyond the the substance disorder recovery, just general health. If you're talking about um, issues with depression or or that kind of thing, having that productivity factor, as you mentioned, seems like that is important too. It gives you a sense of value when you might, in some other circumstances, feel less than valuable in other parts of your life. Having that at your workplace could be a, a really important aspect to your well-being. Absolutely. I, I, I guarantee you, I, you know, I'm confident in saying I think that when, when an individual feels, you know, we talk so much about employee retention, right, and, and how to maintain good employees. I think, you know, what better way to, to maintain your, your, your employees, to, to, to garner loyalty and commitment than to let them, you know, let them be who they are, provide them support, and, you know, I think you find those are the people that, that really that stick with you through thick and thin. You know, it's, it's, it's you know, really building that community inside the workplace. And, and you know, it's, um, it's hard when you're busy and you're just kind of running operations. So, so what we want to do is start to bring tools to the table to say, you know, we don't want you spending all your time trying to deal with, you know, the management of employee issues. We want to have tools that they can use 
you know, and you're providing them. And that way, they feel comfortable to use those tools that are available, and you're still getting a productive employee at the same time. Brass tax, especially for the smaller businesses with, you know, and they're the ones that can least afford to have absenteeism and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But with the cost of having these support mechanisms in place, what does it come down to? What are you hearing back from those businesses and, and those managers about being able to have these support systems and what it costs their bottom line to be able to perform, to provide it versus the loss of revenue through productivity issues and, and such that came out of this survey. Yeah, I mean, if we look at that, if, you're, if we're hearing from employers that nearly 40% of their time is dealing with, uh, dealing with employee issues, you know, dealing with maybe a call out or, or some, some, you know, health related issue, uh, you know, that does impact their bottom line because they're spending time, uh, they're, they're trying to spend time just, you know, just moving, you know, it's the shell game, right? You're moving pieces around to just try to, you know, get a day's work done. You know, that has a direct financial impact. There is, you know, we're still looking at quantifying that, but it, you know, we know there's a direct financial revenue loss by dealing with, um, issues that your employees are, de- are, are maybe experiencing. So, so when we can redirect, you know, when we can redirect their time and say, you know, have you thought about offering these kind of services inside your workplace? You know, if you've thought about, you know, uh, educating your managerial staff on, on what they might experience, have you thought about offering um, wellness trainings, preventative care? You know, what are the things you can do so that that time you're spending is redirected towards towards your business, you know, towards your operations. Um, you know, we know there's a direct correlation that those employers that have those services available are more productive, are spending less time dealing with, with workforce issues, and are really, you know, being able to innovate and operate their businesses more successfully. Well, this 15 minutes has blown right by. Where can people get a look at the white paper? I know there's a few areas where they can download it or find out um, where you guys are going to have some presentations on this and find out more. Yeah, so so the white paper itself uh, can be found on the agency's website. So that's um, the agency-ny.com, and it's under resources. So you can download a copy of the white paper. There's some really interesting results in there. And then in June, we're planning to offer area businesses, um, which was the number one requested program, which was stress training for managers. So we want to we want to reach out to businesses and say, we have this uh, available tool for you to learn how to deal with some of the stressors that you experience on a day-to-day dealing with employee issues. So that's, and, and these will be ongoing programs. You know, we, we don't want to do this as a one-off. This is going to be part of resources that we offer to businesses and organizations in the community through the, the Leadership Alliance. Well, thank you very much for being my guest today. This, this has been the Southern Tier Close-Up of Public Affairs presentation of this station. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. I'm Kathy White for the Southern Tier Close-Up. As a parent, you